Newark Community Church. How are you today? It's great to have you here. Let's stand together. That was kind of, I don't know, half-hearted clapping, we'll say. How are you doing today? <laughs> That's more of a celebration, I would say. For sure, right? Our Lord is deserving much more than we give him most of the time, but uh, we should give him our best all the time, right? So let's bow our heads and hearts. Father, we are grateful for this morning. We just thank you, Lord, for the rain. It just reminds us how you wash us clean, Lord God, how you provide in so many different ways, Lord. The pure water, Lord God, washing us clean. And Father, we just thank you for the Holy Spirit who washes us clean from the inside out. And you, Holy Spirit, have become within us that have accepted your gift, a well springing up out of us life living water. God, this morning we ask that you would receive the praise that we have for you in song and in word, Lord. And Father, we ask for just anointing upon Derek as he shares your word today, Lord God. And Father, we just pray you would have it our praises as your word says, as we sing your word to you and honor you in it, Lord. May you truly be honored in it. Father, we ask that you would soften our hearts and prepare to hear and receive the word you have for us today, whether a word of encouragement, a word of correction, whatever it may be. Our hearts are open, Lord, and we just pray you'd continue to soften our hearts, Holy Spirit, that we may receive and align ourselves with you and truly surrender our hearts and enjoy sweet communion with you. Father, we just pray for our little ones, Lord, who are being taught today the gospel of Jesus as well, Lord. May those little seeds be planted in those little hearts, Lord, and may they come to grow to know you. God, we want to honor you all we do and say this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our hope is in Him and Him alone, right? Psalm 42. Lord, look at that. His loving kindness in the daytime. The Lord gives us all in the night. The Lord, well, the Lord, look at that. His loving kindness in the daytime. The Lord gives us all. In the night, prayer to the God of my life, to the God of my life, I will hope in you. Yet I will praise you today, I will praise you, hope in you, you alone. I will trust in you, yet I will praise, yet I will praise you today, I will praise you. Trust in you and you alone. The Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime and He gives us songs in the night. Let's sing that. The Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime. The Lord gives us songs in the night. The Lord command His loving kindness in the daytime. The Lord is a song in a prayer to the God of my life. A prayer to the God of my life. To the God of my I will hope in you. I will hope in you. Yet I will praise. Yet I will praise you today. I will praise you. 
day I will praise you, hope in you, alone. I will trust in you, Lord, Lord, I will trust in you. Yet I will praise you, today I will praise you, trust in you, you alone. You are good. 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 And I will praise your name forever. You are good. You are good. You are good. And I will praise your name forever. You are good. You are good. I will praise your name forever. You are good. You are good. I will praise your name forever. The Lord will command. The Lord will command. Loving kindness in the daytime, the Lord gives us songs in the night. The Lord will command, the Lord will command. His loving kindness in the daytime, the Lord gives us songs in the night. A prayer to the God of my life, prayer to the God of my life, to the God. Oh, we will hope in you. I will hope in you, yet I will praise, yet I will praise you today. I will praise you, hope in you, you alone. I will trust in you, Lord, Lord, I will trust in you. Yet I will praise you today, I will praise you, trust in you, you alone. Cause you are good, you are good, you are good. And I will praise your name forever. You are good. You are good. You are good. You are good. And I will praise your name forever. You are good. You are good. I will praise your name forever. You are good. You are good. I And Lord, we will praise your name forever. Hey, that's one way to learn the lyrics, right? Not have them up there. And you got to listen, huh? Oh, that's right. He does. Be in prayer. The enemy is attacking. Right? He is. He doesn't want us to hear the word of God today. Isn't that true? He'll do anything he can. He that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Your loving kindness, loving kindness. 
so much better, His loving kindness. Let's sing that. Oh, oh, oh. it's better. church how are we doing today awesome it's great to see you guys i see new faces that is wonderful um we would like to welcome you actually yes we would like to welcome the guests um if you can just raise your hand we'd like to welcome you give you some information about our church any new visitors guests raise your hand anybody anybody yes uh welcome welcome over there welcome our ushers are going to give you some information about our church Yes, right there. Our usher is going to give you information you about go. our church. That gentleman over there. Once, uh, once service is done, you can um, fill that out, give that over to the sound room, and we'll give you a free Jesus DVD. Okay? Anybody else? Did I miss somebody else? No. All right. So we'll continue with the announcements. Today is Bagel Sunday. Yay. Bagel Sunday. There we go. <laughs> Fellowship, Fellowship Sunday. Sorry about that, guys. It does say Bagel Sunday. Uh, So today after service, we are having a fellowship in the Rock Center. Uh, Bagels and refreshments will be served, okay? So join us. All right. This week's Bible studies, men's and women's Bible studies tomorrow at 7 p.m. Tuesday morning, women's Bible study at 9.45 a.m. Okay, next, Hope Moms Women. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Okay, Hope Moms is a ministry for women who have experienced infertility, pregnancy, and infant loss. There were, they will be meeting next day after serving child room. We search. What's that? This is the temperamental mic, in case you're wondering. Okay, where were we? They'll be meeting next Sunday after service in the parent-child room. We share our hearts, pray for one another, and point each other to the Lord. So, hope, moms, okay? Next Sunday. And then mark your calendars. Vacation Bible School will run from 
June 19th to the 23rd. Uh, once again, if the Lord is calling you to serve in this manner for you to, it could be different things, right? Different ways. You can teach the little ones. You can help set up. Whatever that is that the Lord is calling you to do, you do that. It's a wonderful way to serve, right? Because the children are the future in this country. And we have to be the loudest voice in their, in their heads because they're hearing a lot of things nowadays, right? So this is going to be wonderful. And if the Lord has called you to serve, you do that. And then youth mission trip donation opportunity. This is also going to be great. Please consider supporting our teens to go on a mission trip this summer from July 9th through the 15th. Um, would you be willing to donate $5 every week for 10 weeks or just write a check for $50 or more to support our mission trip? Um, checks can be made payable to Living Word with youth mission in the memo. Um, you can place them in the offering basket or in the water jug in the front lobby. Thanks so much for your support uh, of our teens. And just so you know, as you can see there, uh, actually there's no description there, but they're going to be speaking to people that have never heard of Jesus. Um, they're going to be ministering to people. They're going to be learning about the word. Um, and it's almost an entire week. So um, again, right, if the Lord is calling you to serve in that way to, to be able to help out these teens to, to go to this mission trip, then you do that. All right. Um, the youth is the future and we need to prepare the youth to share Jesus with the world because the world needs Jesus. Okay, Amen. guys. God bless you. Thanks, Brenda. If we can have our ushers come forward, we're going to continue to worship the Lord as we take our offering. Continue in song and preparation for the Word of God. So many things happening here, right, that you can participate besides the Bagel Fellowship slash Fellowship Fellowship. <laughs> you know, the Lord has given us gifts. He's given us talents. He's given us so much. And uh, I think he expects us to take action, right? He really does. Um, so let's do that. You know, ask the Lord, how can I serve? And step up and just be part of the body. Let's bow our heads. Father, we are grateful for this time, Lord. And we ask your multiplication of what we give today, Lord. We want to honor you with how we give, with cheerful hearts, Lord. And God, we want to honor you in, Father, just the generosity we have, Lord. Father, we just pray you multiply what we give. We thank you for your provision in just so many ways and in this way that we see right in front of us, Lord. But we know there's so many other things, our salvation in Jesus, holding us to eternity until we see you, Lord God. And Father, we just ask that you would advance what we give here to truly uh, advance your kingdom, Lord God, and that many would hear the gospel that perhaps have never heard it or those, Lord, that... Lord, have heard it and just turned away and are just empty in life and they know there's something missing, Lord. We just pray that they would hear the truth from this offering, this time we give, that this ministry would go beyond these walls and touch many lives. In Jesus' name we pray. We serve a God of grace and a God of mercy. You can stand whenever you like during this time as we continue to worship Him. But He is a God of grace and mercy. He's so lovely. To God of grace and mercy, altogether lovely are your ways. 
filling our days, filling our days. Jesus, Lord of all our Prince of Peace, amazing are your ways. And how you say, you have satisfied me, your love so inspired me. Place this song of praise within my heart. You are all inspiring for me. Humble my reverence. Place my feet upon the solid rock. Oh, God of grace and mercy, altogether lovely are your ways. Feeling our day. Lord of all our Prince of Peace, amazing are your ways. And now you say, you have satisfied me, your love so inspired me. Place this song of praise within my heart. You are awe-inspiring for me, humble my friend. Place my feet upon solid rock. In your grace, Lord, you have given me a promise far beyond what I could conceive. Let's sing that. In your grace, Lord, you've given me a promise far beyond what I could see. In your mercy, Lord, you rescued me from the wave burn that's brought me to my knees. Sing it again. In your grace, Lord, you've given me a promise. Far beyond what I could see In your mercy, Lord, you rescued me From the wind burning that brought me to my knees God of grace and mercy, altogether lovely are your ways Filling our days Jesus, Lord of all our Prince of Peace, amazing are your ways. And now you so sing it again, God of grace. God of grace and mercy, altogether lovely are your ways. Filling our days. Jesus, Lord of all our Prince of Peace, amazing are your ways. And now you are, you're satisfied. You have satisfied me. Your love so inspired me. Gracious song of praise within my heart. You are all inspiring for me. From the mire and firmly. Place my feet upon the silent In your grace, Lord, you have given me a singer. In your grace, Lord, you've given me 
promise far beyond what I could see. In your mercy, Lord, you rescued me. And the way the burden that's brought me to my knees. In your grace, Lord, you've given me. I promise far beyond what I can see. In your mercy, Lord, you rescued me. In the way the birth that brought me to my knees. God of grace and mercy, all together lovely are your ways. Filling our days. Jesus, Lord of all our Prince of Peace, amazing are your ways. Yes, they are. Ten stories of what they think you're like. The tender whisper of love in the dead of night as you tell me that you're breathing that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. To you are, to you are, and I'm loved by you. To I am, to I am, to I am. Well, I've seen many searching for answers far and wide. And I know we're all searching for. Because you know just what we need for we say a word. You're a good, good father. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am. Sing it again. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. Do you are loved by you? Do I am? Do I am? Oh, you are perfect. You are perfect in all of your ways. 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 You are perfect in all of your ways.
call me deeper still as you call me oh yes Lord as you call me deeper still into love love I find you're a good good father it's who you are it's who you are it's who you are and I'm loved by you it's who I am It's who I am, it's who I am, you're good, good, perfect in Satan's been trying to stop this message, but no, no one stops our God. We praise him. He's a good, good father. Father, we lift you up today, Lord God. We lift up this body, Lord. We pray, Lord, that your message be preached in this body here in this church today, Lord. I pray, Lord, that those who are sick, that they'll be healed, Lord. Those who are hurting, Lord, that they'll find comfort in you, Lord. Those who don't know your gospel, Lord, that'll be preached and proclaimed today and that people will come and put their trust in Christ alone, Father. We love you, Father. We glorify you. I yield to your spirit, Lord. Speak today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So my name's Derek. And some of you guys might know me as Brother Derek because I consider each and every single one of you as my brothers and sisters. And that's just not my spirit, but that's the Holy Spirit in me because he has his love for you guys. And he keeps pouring that into my heart as I walk with him. And some of you only know me as the guy who preaches at Living Words once in a while, who actually has hair. There's a few of us, for the record, though. If you're my wife, you know me as Babe. And if you're one of my three children, you know me as Daddy. And I tell you about these different levels of relationship because each and every single one of us can have a different relationship with God. And this was a huge week for me. When I was seven years old, my father was murdered. And this week I had a birthday, and my son David had a birthday. And 
I'm officially older than my father was when he was murdered. And I talk about this, and I talk about this level of relationship because a lot of times we have this false identity of who God is. And to me, because my father wasn't there, I correlated him with my earthly father that wasn't there. I saw God as a distant God that didn't want to do anything with me. And it was very different from the father that we, that we read in the Bible that Jesus tells us about. I'm going to use a few illustrations. This is a picture of the Yankee Stadium. When I was growing up, Derek Jeter was a huge um, baseball player, and I use this analogy because you can know his stats, you can know everything about him, you can wear his jersey, but you don't know him personally, and that's how it is with Father, the God sometimes. You can read the Bible, you can come to church, but you might not know him. You can know all about Jesus Christ, but you might not know him. If you showed up to Derek Shearer's house in the middle of the night and you knocked on his door, he'll probably beat you down with a baseball bat. And the same thing at the White House. Every so often you'll see somebody and they're pretty crazy and they try to jump the fence. This guy tries to jump over with his little Pikachu hat on and it looked like Swat and Dante got out there and took him out. And he could have said, hey, I know the president. But unless the president comes out and says, that's, I know him, and even more so, that's my son, then they would let him come up and they would let him enter. And that is it, how we are with God. Do we know God as our Heavenly Father? And we're going to be in Luke 15, so you can start turning to Luke 15. And the message, the title of the message today is The Loving Father. And before we go to a specific verse, we're going to go over three parables. I'm going to go over them lightly. First parable Jesus teaches is there was a shepherd, and he had a hundred sheep, and one of them went astray. This is a picture of a lamb who got caught up in the mountains, and people had to go up there, and they had to save it. And in the same way, it says in this parable that the shepherd goes after that lost lamb, and he won't stop until he finds him. So we're going to turn to Luke 15, 7. And we could stand for the reading of God's word today. It says, I tell you that in the same way there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Father, we love you. And we thank you for coming after that sinner, that one who is lost, Lord God. Because we wouldn't have a chance without you, Lord Heavenly Father. We pray, Lord, that this word will be preached, Lord, with boldness, Lord. And that our hearts and our souls will be open to receive that word. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. The second parable that Jesus teaches here is there was a woman. She had ten silver coins. And she loses one coin. And she says... She goes and it says that she turned this house upside down looking for this coin. And when she finds it, she rejoices. And it says when one sinner goes back to his father, to God, that all of heaven rejoices. The third parable is the prodigal son, which is very popular. And before I go into this, I want to go over a little bit of context. Context is really important. I am in seminary right now and they're teaching us, you know, you could get really into it, but 
the easiest thing you could do is just at least read the full chapter. If you're looking at a specific verse, a specific passage, read before and read after. I'm going to give a few illustrations why I think context is important. The first one, it's a slice of pizza. And you'll see on the, on the right here, it looks like they're having a really fancy pizza dinner. And unless you're one of my children, you're not going to go for that pizza slice on the left. And this next illustration I have, why context is so important, somebody could take a verse out of the Bible and completely change it however they want. It can mean different things. And this next line will be a word of encouragement. You are not alone. But it can mean something different. If you see the guy on the left, it's a word of encouragement. The guy on the right, I would stay as far away from this guy as you could. So this is the context. We're going to go early in the chapter in Luke 15, 1 and 2. Now all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near him to listen to him. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. These are the Pharisees. They were the religious. They set the laws. And if the Messiah was going to come, they're coming for us, the Pharisees. They don't want, he doesn't want to do anything. I, I earned this right with God. And this is one of the, this is the prophet Isaiah in 9, 6. It says, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called God, called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. This is Jesus. He came, he healed the blind, and he spoke the words of life. But he also ate with sinners. This is an awesome verse. This is Jesus himself. And he says, And Jesus answered and said to them, It is not those who are well who need a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And there's a great parable later in Luke. And you might be familiar with this. There's the Pharisee on the right, and behind him you have a tax collector. And in those days, the tax collectors were really looked down upon. And this Pharisee goes before the altar and he's like, thank you, God, for making me such a righteous man. I fast twice a week. I, I, I tithe. And this tax collector behind him beats his chest. It says he won't even look up to God. And he says, I'm not worthy, Lord. Forgive me, for I'm a sinner. And Jesus said only one of these people left justified, and it was the tax collector. And often, Jesus would give very strong rebukes to these Pharisees. In Matthew 15, 7 and 9, he says, You hypocrites, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you. This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts is far from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. The Pharisees weren't too happy with that. They accused him. They followed him wherever he went. They tried to catch him and stuff. And these such self-righteous people, and they think they're all holy, it surprises you how quickly they, are, they want to kill Jesus. In Matthew 12, 14, it says, Then the Pharisees went out from the meeting place. They began to talk to each other about how they could kill Jesus. So now we're going to get into the prodigal son, which also means the wasteful son. 
In Luke 15, 11 and 12, it says, And he said there was a man who had two sons. And the younger son of them said to his father, Father, give me my share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. In those days, it was custom that the older son, when the father passes away, he's entitled to two-thirds of everything that his father owns. So this would leave, at most, for the younger son, just one-third. And when the younger son goes to his father and says, hey, I want all of my inheritance, and I want it now, he's basically telling his father, I wish you were dead. I want to take that inheritance, and I want to live how I want to live. And that can be us at times, especially before we came to Christ. There was two ways. We could either go God's way or my way, and I wanted to do things my way. By default, we do things our way. And unfortunately, sometimes even after we come to Christ, and I've struggled with still trying to live the way everybody else lives, we might as well be saying, Jesus, I never even heard your gospel. I wish I never heard it. And this brings me to the first T. If you're taking notes, I recommend it. And the first T is transgression against God. This means, transgression means a breaking of the law, a sin. And Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's all of us. I hear so many people and they're like, Oh, I'm a good person. Even Christians at times. I've asked people, Why, why are you going to heaven? And they say, Well, I'm a good person. You missed the gospel. I'm sorry. It says, For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in one point, he has been become guilty of all of it. We sinned once. Is there anyone in here that has never sinned? I've met people who say it. James 2.10. And I'll tell you, this is something I never struggled with. From a young age, I always knew I was a sinner. I even went to church at times. And it's like those blinders before you come and then you accept Christ and you hear the gospel, but it just, I don't know, you just can't receive it. And it says, we'll continue with the story, Luke 15, 13, and 14. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. It doesn't last long, does it? And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. He had riches. He had it all. But then he became desperate. He lost it all. He wasted it all, wasted life. Luke 15, 15, and 16. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. Are we craving the pig food of this world? That was me at times. We try to do this half-in-church thing and this half-outside thing. And that flesh is strong, and it starts craving the things of this world. Only God can fulfill that missing piece that I had in my heart through Jesus Christ. But we still go on. Even, we still continue. 
It could be work. Will work fulfill me? It never does. It's that marriage. And I got a beautiful wife here. She didn't want me pointing her out today. She's right there. (laughs) I'm sorry, babe, but I need Jesus. He's the only one. He's the love of my life. We laugh now about this. I remember years ago, I came home one day and I was like, oh, my feet hurt. (laughs) I think we we argued for a half hour about whose feet hurt more. (laughs) My kids want that dog. And that's where my wife, she crosses. She's like, I have to draw a line here. No dog. We have guinea pigs. So if anyone's looking for guinea pigs, she's, she's willing to get rid of those. Oh, those kids that I always wanted, and they've been such a blessing to my life. Me and my wife, we were like, we want at least three kids. We got them. (laughs) (laughs) Or it could be that reckless living. You know, there was times in my life where you just try to numb the pain. I felt God calling you. I knew I had this missing thing, and nothing else could fulfill it. Only God can fulfill that. And it's not just a feeling, it's truth. And we numb it, we medicate it, we just distract ourselves. It seems like we always need to have a phone on or, or the YouTube or the iPad. We can't just be silent with the Lord. When we give into sin, it says, but every man is tempted, James 1.14, when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed And when lust hath conceived, it bring forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. You ever go in and you're like, I'm just going to play with sin a little bit. And it just snatches you away from the Lord. I remember a time in my life, I hit rock bottom. Rock bottom. Can't get any lower. I remember I was like, I had nothing to show for myself, so I started working out, and I got into personal training, and I put all my eggs in that basket. And I woke up one morning, I couldn't walk. I felt like someone took a baseball bat to my knees. I had no idea what was happening. My hips went out, my whole body was out. I couldn't move. And you ever get to a place where you're like, I've hit rock bottom. Sam knows what I'm talking about. I hit rock bottom. And you're like, I can't get any lower. And then what happens? You get lower. And I was in a place in my life where I didn't know if I wanted to live anymore. I was in such a dark place. And I literally thought I was dying. I went to the doctors. And they said, your immune system is shutting down. We don't know what the heck is wrong with you. And when death is staring you in the eye like that, That long life, I was only like 21 years old at the time. That long life that we thought we had, oh, I can maybe play a game and then figure it out later on. Expedited that, right? We take it a lot more serious. I started seeking not God, but I started seeking truth. I just wanted to know truth because I was dying. And I wanted to know what's going to happen to me if I die. But I'm 21 years old now, living in New Jersey. I'm woke. <laughs> you know? Christianity is just one religion of the many religions out there in the world. So I studied, started studying Buddhism, Islam, Hinduism, Judaism, 
just to find some peace, some truth. I wanted to make sure if I died, I'm going to be saved. And I even found false Christianity. I call it Christianity light. You know, who hasn't participated in Christianity light activities? I know I have. You just come to church on Sunday, live like the world, Monday through Saturday. And if I did pretty good this week, maybe I'll show up to church. Oh, I'm preaching today. (laughs) Or we try the opposite, right? Oh, I'm going to live this perfect life. That lasted about two minutes for me. And it's all, what is it? It's religion. It's us trying to work our way to God. That maybe I can, you know, you hear the phrase, let me get right with God. I'm going to work my way up and climb my way up to God. But the truth is, I couldn't even lie to myself. My sin was so heavy. No matter how many good deeds I did, that sin was so heavy, I could never outwork the sins I had in my life. It left me, and I came to a dead end. Literally a dead end. This brings me to my second T, turning to God. And we're going back to the prodigal son here. Luke 15, 17 through 19. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. Luke 15, 17 through 19. And I had this point with God or whoever it was, you know. I remember my grandmother's here. First person who ever taught me about Jesus Christ. And I love her with all my heart. I remember being in her basement. I'm sure there were so many times where she was trying to share the gospel with me, but I was not receiving it, no matter how many times. I didn't understand. I remember being in her basement, and I was dying, so I thought, before God healed me. And I just lifted my hands and I said, God, or whoever you are, I am hurting, I am empty, and I am dying, and I need you to reveal yourself to me, whoever you are. I'm desperate. In Luke 15, 20, it said, Jesus says, And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. You know what I never did? I studied the Hinduism and the Judaism and the Islam and all of it. And I would go in their books. I just, a lot of them just contradicted themselves. They canceled themselves out. But I never, I knew about God secondhand, right? But I never actually opened up the word of God with that desperate heart. I did that desperate heart with all those other books. And I opened the word of God and it became alive to me. And I encourage you and exhort every single last one of you. If you're sharing the gospel with people and it seems like it's going through one ear and not the other, it's not. When that came alive to me, 
all those words, even from a young boy that people were sharing the gospel with me, it came flowing in all at once. Amen. And Romans 5, 8, it says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we are yet sinners, while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. There's nothing I could have done. Romans 6, 23, context here, right? For the wages of sin is death. I knew that. I knew I was going to die. And if I was going to go somewhere, it was hell. But for some reason, I had those blinders on. I didn't. I might have saw it, but I didn't receive it. The second part. But the gift, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's free. Free for us. It wasn't free for Jesus Christ. He touched this heart of stone that I had and it turned it into flesh. Those burdens that I carried, whatever they were, the pain, the hurt, the good works, I put those before the cross and Jesus said, it is finished. Instead of me working my way up to God, Jesus, God came down and he reached down to me and I accepted him. That was me at 21, 22, 23 years old getting baptized. And these men right here, Pastor Frank, Pastor Lou, Pastor Pedro, they pushed me towards God. Don't, Don't just follow us, follow God. That father that I never had, he opened his arms and he received me. That missing peace that I had in my heart, God gave of himself, and I was fulfilled. Not just a feeling, truth. When Jesus carried that cross, he had each one of us in mind. I searched everywhere. There's nobody greater than God. I searched those stupid books. And I would compare Jesus with Muhammad and all these other people, and there's no comparison. And when I became saved, there's this song which really touched my heart. And it goes, I climbed up to the highest mountain. I looked all around. I couldn't find nobody. I went down into the deepest valley. I looked all around down there, couldn't find nobody. I went across the deep blue sea. I couldn't find one to compare to his grace, his love, his mercy. Nobody greater, nobody greater, no. Nobody greater than you, Jesus. I searched all over. I couldn't find nobody. I searched high and low, still couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater, no, nobody greater, no. Nobody greater than you. Amen. People ask me, why do I love God so much? What is it about this Jesus? Why, why do I get emotional and passionate about him? This is my favorite verse in the entire Bible. 1 John four nineteen. We love him because he first loved us. And I have one question. Is that the Jesus you know? Is that the God you've experienced? It might not be, but I pray if it isn't that you meet him today.
Do you know him? That's the question. I have a video I'm going to play for us. You guys can watch it. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's a king of Israel. He's a king of righteousness. He's a king of the ages. He's a king of heaven. He's a king of glory. He's a king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is lighter. I wish I could describe him, for yet he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You can't, you can't get him off of your head. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Terror couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. That's who I surrendered my life to. In Luke 15, 21 and 23, we're going to continue. It says, And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. 
and put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. He didn't have to accept him. He didn't have to accept me. I just said, God, I'll serve you. I know your gospel now. You've opened my eyes. I'm nothing. And he said, no, you're my son. I took your sins upon the cross. I'm going to use you, whether you like it or not. <laughs> These tissues are kind of fun. <laughs> but remember in the story, there's a second son. And Jesus, with this parable, he's talking specifically to the Pharisees. You know, a lot of times we like the, the love part, but it was a rebuke towards the Pharisees, actually. And that older son represents the Pharisee. And remember, that younger, his younger brother already took one-third. Everything that is left then means it is entitled to him. And when the father takes the, back this younger son, probably digging into his stuff. You know? And that could be us even at times. You know, maybe we're walking with the Lord for a while and we start to become self-righteous. Oh, look at me, I'm preaching, you know. I have one word. Don't be that guy. <laughs> Let me go on to Luke 15, 29 and 32. But he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you and this is the, the um, older son talking. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours came who devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this brother was dead and is alive and was lost and is found. As the body of Christ, we are called to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. People could have, when I was young, people could have just said, forget about him. He's just a sinner. I'm one of those creatures. 2 Peter 3.9 the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. A lot of people like to skip over that last word, right? There should be that deep conviction when we come before God and we learn the gospel. Still, we have that conviction and we fall before the cross, before Jesus. I want to share with you just a simple what the gospel is. I just have some basics here. And there is a God. It says all of the universe, everything declares that there's a God. We are without excuse. Second thing, confess you have sinned against God. That was easy for me. Your good works, they're not going to pay for your sins. Remember, there's one sin and you're condemned. Jesus is the only one who has ever lived a perfect life. The only one. He lived the life we should have lived, but we couldn't. And he died the death 
That should have been our death. But we don't have to if we come to Jesus. And Jesus rose from the dead the third day, conquering death for all if we come to him. If we turn from our sins and we turn towards God. And we have to trust in Christ alone. And you're going to hear a lot of things out there. And this brings me to my third T. No more tea time. Trusting in Christ alone. Jesus said to him in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. In our day and age, that sounds very exclusive, but it's inclusive as well. Because no matter what your background is, he's calling all people to come to him. One day, every knee will bow down before Christ. Either as that judge or as that loving father and the savior. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. John 1.12. Become sons and daughters of God when you receive Jesus Christ. It makes me think of my own children. And these are my three children. I got Ava, Ruby Love, and David. And there's one word that never gets old to me. And I think it's because I never had a father. That word dad never has left these lips outside of my father in heaven. And with most parents, you know, that's like the kids are like, mom, 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 dad, dad, dad. You know, it's like, stop, call him my name. But it never gets old. Never. I don't know why I do this to myself, but this is my son, David. And he's what they consider to have nonverbal autism. And I mentioned this story once before. And every day, I would pick him up from school. And we have this special relationship, but because he's nonverbal, he was never able to say, Dad. But it didn't matter. I loved him so much. And I spent so much time with him. And every time I would go to pick him up, he would get so excited. But eventually there was a time for about a month where I couldn't visit him anymore. I couldn't pick him up from school. Work got too hard and too heavy, and I, my schedule just got tight. And to make me feel a little better, my wife was like, you know, he really looks sad because <laughs> you're not coming. And I was like, oh, I feel really good now. But within a few days, I changed my schedule around. I'm like... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go surprise him. And when me and my mom grew up, we didn't have a lot of money. You know, with my father passing, and we had hard times. And, you know, we didn't have the nicest cars. I would make sure my mom dropped me off like a mile away from school. <laughs> my mom's here today, too. Sorry, Mom. So I, I bought this nice little red convertible. I'd pick him up, and he would see it from a mile away. And he'd always smile because his dad's coming. His dad is here. And I said, this day I'm going to surprise him. I'm going to show up. And he had no idea I was coming. Even the teachers were surprised to see me. And I pull up and I start walking towards my son, David. And with autism, you don't like to make eye contact. 
So he's looking down like this, but I see this huge smile across his face. I know he saw me. And I walk up, and the teacher goes up to him and says, hey, who's here to see you, David? Who is that? And he looks up at me for the first time ever. He just reaches his hands up and he says, Daddy. That's what our father wants. He wants us to turn to him, to our father. This is my son. I almost lost my wife and my son when she gave birth to him. And interesting enough, when I was born, I wasn't breathing. It took a while for them to resuscitate me at the same exact hospital. Satan didn't want me coming up here. You saw everything that was going on up here? That's not the usual up here. And after all this crazy storm, this is only like his third day alive, I just held him in my arms. And we took this little photo shoot, and it was just like this peace after this storm. And maybe we've been through a lot in life, and God just wants to hold you in his arms. And Jesus is there with open arms. Look, there's the nails in his hands that he took. Doesn't matter what you've done, what you've been through, and he's here. He's saying, Come, follow me. You don't have to do anything. And I thought I was some tough guy. I didn't need God. I needed my father. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word today that the enemy tried to stop, but nothing can stop you, Lord. We pray for your body here, Lord God, that they will receive your word. We pray, Lord, that people who are going through tough times and bondage, Lord, that you'll deliver them, Lord. Help us receive that word. We honor, we glorify you, and we praise you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thank you, Derek. Thank you, Lord, for an incredible word from your word. Let's stand together. The altars are open for you. If you'd like to spend a little time praying, either alone or with somebody, it's here for you. So take advantage of the opportunity as we continue to worship the Lord and allow that precious word that we just heard to soften our hearts and continue to penetrate. We need you, Lord.